Welcome to Art Life Conversations, where we talk about all things art life, from the struggles and the wins along the way, to making art, learning, and art history, to talks on business, career, and selling art. No matter where you are on your art journey, here you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as Kelly shares the real life of a working artist. And now, your host, Kelly Folsom. Well, hello, artists. I'm Kelly Folsom, and you are listening to the Art Life Conversations podcast. We are in episode number two. Can you believe it? I'm doing a second episode. So (laughs) I hope you love the first episode where we talked all about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay, and today's topic is on work ethic. Having a strong work ethic as an artist. So I love this quote. As you know, I always have to share a quote. And this is out of this wonderful little book, It Always Seems Impossible Until It's Done by Catherine and Ross Petrus. And this quote says, there's few things that get you over your own crap more than working hard. Adam Savage, a special effects designer. So Isn't that the truth? Now, I have to tell you, I think one of the saving graces of mine artistically that has gotten gotten me over my own crap again and again and again is my work ethic. (laughs) Thank you, mom and dad, for raising us, all of us kids, to have a very strong work ethic. So I come from a very, um, you know, blue collar, middle class, lower middle class, even family, especially whenever I was really young. I watched my mom um, as a single mother. Uh, she was a single mother of three. And I watched her basically start her whole life over and leave an abusive marriage with three small children under the age of 10 and start her life over. And she did it by working hard and she did it because she had to, right? So I saw that example very, very early on in my mother. Um, and then luckily she remarried just the most wonderful, wonderful man um, shortly after she... Uh, you know, within a couple of years, she found the most amazing new husband on the planet. And he decided to, he was just head over heels in love with my mom. Um, and they got married and he had no children. And then they ended up having another uh, baby, my baby sister, to, together uh, shortly after they got married. And so now they have four kids. And both of my parents at the time um, were were not, you know, career people. They did not have a college education. Um, but both of them had an incredibly strong work ethic. My mom had put herself through school on the sly to become a cosmetologist so that she could escape this abusive marriage. Um, talk about resourceful and so that she could 
hopefully try to make enough money to support her three children. Long story short, they both had such an amazing work ethic. They were resourceful. They came up with ways to survive. And um, really, we just did that. They worked so hard for so long just for us to survive and not really to thrive. It was just survival mode. And But I grew up, I grew up with this, and I grew up watching them both work so hard. So my stepdad, my dad, I call him my dad because he is my dad. He, at the time, went back to college and my mom was working 12-hour days at the hair salon uh, to make ends meet. And so he was back in school full-time to try to get his nursing degree. Um, And also, you know, he would get up like at 3 a.m. and go throw a paper route. And sometimes I would set my alarm because I wanted some alone time with my dad. And um, I would set my alarm, you know, to get up and go throw papers with him at 3 a.m. in the morning. But watching both of them work so hard and, and just tirelessly to make a better life for themselves and for us as kids um, will never be lost on me. It will never be forgotten. So hopefully I don't get uh, choked up here. (laughs) That always had a really big impact on me and they always really stressed uh, on us kids to work hard. We started working hard at a very, very young age. Um, and everybody had to pull their weight, you know, as soon as you were able to help out, um, doing something, then you were called on to do that to support the family, um, in, in other ways, you know, not just monetarily, but, you know, I started cooking, cleaning, all of that by the age of 10. My, my baby sister, was born whenever I was 10 years old. So now we had a new infant in the house and both of my parents were just working like dogs, you know. My stepdad would also, in the summers, he had a lawn business and that's how he brought in money um, while still going to school part-time in the summer. So developing a strong work ethic, this is so important as an artist. And as I said, this has been my saving, saving grace um, as an artist, both in improving as an artist and also financially as an artist, right? So there's one thing about us as artists that sometimes we get hung up on is being inspired, right? We, we think that we are going to feel like creating. We're, we wait for this stroke of inspiration to hit us, right? And if we don't feel like creating, then the tendency is, and really most of the time, that's just fear and resistance, but that's another, that's another podcast, right? So most of the time, that's where that is coming from is just fear and resistance. And we oftentimes will sit around waiting for an idea, right? Waiting for an idea to come to us. What are we going to paint next? What are we going to sculpt next? What are we going to draw next? Whatever your art is. Oftentimes artists will fall into this trap and I've fallen into this trap myself. And that is waiting for those ideas or that inspiration or that motivation um, to just like hit us over the head before we actually start doing something. And I want to tell you what I have found to be the most effective in getting ideas, getting inspiration is actually 
starting something, right? Getting to work, getting to work. And I know that as artists, sometimes we don't want to refer to, even though it's called artwork, we don't want to have like that attitude of, you know, that kind of blue collar, I guess, attitude of getting to work, right? Um, doing the work. But honestly, that is the thing that brings inspiration and that, of course, will bring you so much progress and improvement in your art and also if on the art business side in your art business showing up and doing the work day in day out consistently now i do think that there is a fine line between being like a workaholic and not working smart um you know it took me a while to kind of figure that out like okay there's a fine line between you know being a workaholic and also sometimes just working out of fear especially for me when i first started out as a full-time artist i was so um uh, unaware of how i was going to make a living as an artist that sometimes i would just overwork 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 out of scarcity you know mentality and fear not knowing what to do when maybe Maybe I really should have taken some more time to try to solve those problems smarter rather than just putting in physical labor. But um, that's, a, again, that's a whole other podcast, right? But if you are sitting around just waiting for an idea to strike you, to hit you upside the head, you know, um, you're probably going to be waiting a long time and you are losing so much time that you could be putting in making the art. You know, art is a physical thing. It's something that, you know, is both our, you know, our head, our heart, and our hands all connected in this process, but it is a physical process. So you cannot sit around and formulate the entire idea in your mind first. You have to learn by doing. You have to, again, you have to take action, right? So as soon as you start taking action, I feel that's really when the learning and the inspiration really kicks into high gear, you know? So even if you don't know what to paint today or to draw today, or again, whatever your art is, just get in the studio and start making something. I guarantee you that it will be five, 10 minutes in and you will be having all these ideas, you know, um, popping up for you. And maybe you start one thing and then you have an idea for another thing. So you move to that, you know, that's totally fine. Um, but you need to develop a strong, strong work ethic in order to be an artist. Any artist that was ever successful, I mean, look at artists like Joaquin Soroya, Michelangelo, you know, all of these artists had just insane work ethics, insane work ethics. They <laughs> were. They were, you know, workaholics. I mean, and the, the stuff that they would put themselves through to make their art was, was good suffering, was what I call good suffering. There's, there's kind of this new idea. I think it's like a new modern idea about 
art, how artists suffer. Oh, artists, we suffer so much, right? Um, but a lot of that suffering is often self-imposed suffering, and, and I don't even think it's necessarily a good suffering. So I think a good suffering is like you put in a good day's work on your artwork. You put in the time, you put in the effort, and so at the end of the day, you can feel really, really good about how you showed up and what you did. And again, that's really where the fulfillment and the meaning um, can truly come from uh, by making your art. So when you're first starting out as an artist, um, it's more important that you do a lot more work. Okay. Once you reach a certain level of, let's say, mastery, then it's not quite as critical that you put in maybe as much time as you do in the early stages. So if you are a new artist, it is critical that you put in the time that I call it brush mileage. You just have to put in the brush mileage. You just have to show up and do the work. And I would say you have to do 80% work, like manual physical labor of making the thing right? And then 20% uh, learning, analyzing, thinking about it, um, self-critiquing, getting feedback from a mentor or an instructor or other artists, taking a class, you know, things like that. So I feel like that Pareto principle, the 80-20 uh, Pareto principle really applies here. In the beginning, you are doing like 80% um, putting in the time, you know, so let's say, you know, that week you had 20 hours to commit to your, uh, to your art life, right? To your art, uh, journey, your art business, and you're a new artist. Um, so I would say, you know, the majority of that time, well, we'll say 10 to make it simple on me for the math since I'm doing this on the fly. <laughs> So that would mean eight hours that week out of the 10 needs to go to actual art making. And then two hours out of that 10 can go towards other things like, um, you know, again, studying, uh, self-critiquing after you do the work. Um, and you need to do a lot of work in the beginning. You really have to just put in the time and do a lot of work. Um, and a lot of that work is not going to be very good, <laughs> just so you know. Um, but again, it really is um, a matter of time. And it's kind of like investing because in the beginning, you have to put in more consistent effort, more consistent investment. And then over time, the longer you do that, the more that that investment starts to compound and maximize over a longer period of time, right? So like your first, you know, year as an artist is, is just awful. I mean, it's just brutal because you have to put in so much time and effort. And a lot of those efforts are, you know, maybe not super successful. They're not successful. A lot of them just frankly suck, 
right? Um, and really, it can be like that for the first five years, I would say. It starts, for me, it got better. I was, you know, and I was doing art full-time. I was enrolled in a full-time program um, at an art school. I wasn't working a job. I was living, you know, so, so cheap, just renting a room out of, uh, it was a renovated garage out of the single mom's <laughs> house in Old Lyme, Connecticut. And I was putting in, you know, 40 hours a week going to school and painting, uh, roughly between 30 and 40 hours a week on average every week. Okay, so by year four, I was finally starting to see some progress. And then I was painting in my own spare time, you know. So it really also depends on how much time you are able to put in. And if you're really serious about your art life and, and making good quality art and how having success as an artist, you will find the time to put in more time. Now, those first efforts are going to be, uh, like I said, a struggle, uncomfortable, brutal, right? And um, it can be incredibly painful. And so most people do, of course, give up or they will just stretch it out. So what, what I've seen happen too is like, and what I experienced myself as well is like, oh, forget this, you know, screw this. I'm no good at this. I'm not seeing the results that I want. Um, and so, you know, I would go into like self-pity mode, throw a pity party for um, a week or several days and, and not paint, you know, or not draw and not study. And then the problem with that is now you just lost all that time. You know, you could have, you could have done three more paintings in that time or, you know, put in, you know, 10 more hours that was going to get you closer to your goal. But instead, you know, you, you wimped out that week and that's okay. Sometimes it happens, right? Like sometimes, sometimes we just can't withstand the pain of developing as an artist. But, you need to, you know, go back to your commitment, go back to um, understanding. And, and I want, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is I want you to know that those failures are normal, you know, and you can't, especially in the beginning. I mean, even still to this day, I still have failed paintings, you know, 13 years later. So the other thing is, as you gain more experience and more maturity and more wisdom, you start to realize like, oh, that's just par for the course, you know, I'm just going to have bad days in the studio, but, and there's no way around that. You're going to have to have those bad days, right? But you also get the good days too, but you, you get, you have to have both and you have to, um, experience both. It's just, you know, part of it. Um, but if you, if we wimp out every time we have a bad day or a failure and then our work ethic drops, right? Like we lose our commitment and we stop showing up. Well, now you're just prolonging the amount of time it's going to take you to get those good days in the studio. Right. So my boyfriend, Monty, and I, uh, we met at art school 
And um, he he would call it the dead stage. He was like, just get through the next 10 paintings. Um, just do the next 10 paintings because we know that at least one out of the 10 is is going to be okay, you know, is going to be better than the rest. And and um, so we, we called it the dead stage and we knew that it was just a numbers game and we would remind each other of that, you know, um, and I've even experienced now as a seasoned artist, like if I get away from my work ethic um, with my craft, with my art making uh, for too long, that you're you're going to have to expect that the next day that you, when you do get back to it, you're going to have a rough day in the studio that day because you're just rusty. You're out of practice. I don't care how good you have become, you will be out of practice. And yes, it sucks. And um, there's just no way around it. That's just the way that it works. So the better, the best thing to do is to develop a strong work ethic and commitment and stick to that. Okay, my friends, as always, my hope with this podcast is to help you um, on your art life journey. So I would love to hear from you, back from you on this topic. Um, have you struggled with your work ethic? Have you fallen prey to waiting for that inspiration to strike? Um, and um, if so, I encourage you to recommit and make a new plan uh, when it comes to your art making into your work habits and your work ethic. I promise you, if you do that and you stay with it and you keep showing up, you are going to see the results that you want to see in your art life journey. Okay, everyone, I'm wishing you all happy painting is what I always say. I will see you in the next podcast. Um, until then, um, I encourage you to, uh, Again, give me feedback, follow the podcast, and also if you're interested in more, if you've enjoyed this and you're interested in learning more about me and what I have to offer, you can go to artlifewithkelly.com, K-E-L-L-I. Thanks, Mom, for spelling it like that. And check out everything that I have to offer you over there as well. Okay, happy painting, my friends. I'll see you at the next podcast. Bye. Bye.